fellowship. We're just glad the Lord is strengthening people everywhere and all over. Amen. Did you hear all those victory reports, church? I think everybody online and on site needs to give the Lord a hand praise. This is miraculous what God is doing for us. We have been through some things, and that's what a testimony is. When you go into something, go through it, and come out of it, you have a testimony. And you know what? It's not the details that are important. It's the conclusion of the matter. It's the moment when you get that turnaround and you're going, I don't need to talk about how bad it was because I'm done. I'm through it. I'm finished. Let's just lift our hands together and praise the Lord again. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing for us, in us, to us, and through us. We are your people called by your name, the sheep of your pasture, and we surrender ourselves to you because you are good and just. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said, thank you, Jesus. He is good. You say, well, I don't feel that way right now. Well, you just need to hang on. Tie a knot and hang on. And of course, we know Brother Roger Penrod is struggling with kidney stones. For every good praise report we get, you know, pastor and I are usually the last ones to know. So we're working on that. It's like, Hello, people. What are your addresses and your phone numbers? I don't even know where you live anymore. I send cards that come back. So if you've made a change, you come see me because I can't reach you if you've left an old number or you've left an old address. So I can't even get a hold of you. Now that's enough commercial business right there. I want us to go to Acts of the 12th chapter. The Lord gave me something and it kind of stunned me quite frankly, because it's just not, you know, I didn't realize I have so many preconceived ideas of how God should do a miracle, but I do. I have this idea. I don't know if I think I'm writing a script or if I've seen too many movies, but I just got this idea about it. God, this is how you need to do this. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Acts, the 12th chapter, is the antithesis of the way I would have done a deliverance. But here it goes. And we're going to pull some things out of the word of the Lord to help us get through where we are. Say, thank you, Jesus, and amen. All right, online church, I hope you're participating with us. Get your Bible, get a notebook, and a pencil, because you're going to want to write these scriptures down. All right, Acts 12 and 1. This is very depressing. I just think I'll preface by saying this is depressing. And it depressed me, and then I saw what God did, and I was like, you are kidding me. This is amazing. So I went from, oh, God, here comes more bad news to, wow. Wouldn't have done it this way, but I like it. I like the outcome. Don't much like how you did it, but I like the outcome. Now, about that time, what time is that? That's the time of Passover. The church is just getting started. Herod the king, the villain in our story, the antagonist, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the, of the church. So here's a leader in power with an agenda. Dun, 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 dun. That's all I'm going to say about that right there. And verse 2, they didn't care about democracy, civil rights, or any lives that matter. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So he's already martyred. This is not the first martyr. 
guess it's the second after Stephen Pastor. You can clean up behind me. Verse 3. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, people liked it. They liked shut them down. Shut them up and shut them down. Mm, 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 is all I'm going to say about that. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Verse 4, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. So if it was the days of unleavened bread, I'm saying he must have done it for at least a week. Peter must have been about a week in prison because it was during the Passover. So he got him. He apprehended him. He put a quaternion is four soldiers. So four times four equals... I'm waiting for a rousing response from the audience. COVID has fogged our brains. 16, that's right. Four times four does equal 16. To keep him intending after Easter, so that's after the Passover, to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Everybody say, kept in prison. Now, I looked up, I didn't mean to, but I discovered, I don't think this was one of the prisons they did this way, but did you know that in ancient Bible times they would just dig a hole? They would call it a cistern. If they put water in it, it was a cistern, and if they left it empty, it was a prison. And some of them were dry, and some of them were mud. Jeremiah was thrown into one. So their prisons weren't like ours today where you get three square meals. And, and you have rights. Again, if you wind up in prison, you are rightless. You're wrong. Nobody gives a rip. And the Bible said they kept him there. Say, kept him there. And this was a man of God. He was an apostle. Now, we're seeing some things now, and people are going, oh. But I didn't know that could happen to preachers. I didn't know that could happen to pastors. I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost does not keep you from things. It keeps you through things. And just because you can't see the moment of departure, if God chooses to take a saint of God, just because you can't see it doesn't mean he's not there speaking things to them and they're seeing visions and angels and you don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say back because pastor said proclaim. Let me tell you what I know about God. First of all, his character is not on trial. My faith is. Repeat after me. God's character is not on trial. My faith is. We're the ones that waver. We're the ones that freak out. We're the ones that fear and fret and faint and forget. We do that. We do those four F's. When we go through a sifting, we just bust loose. It's like we never knew a scripture, never had a nothing. God is not on trial. God is two things all the time. He's good and he's just, meaning righteous. So he's not going to take a single saint of God without it being good and just. Everybody say good and just. Whatever happens from here on out, don't you back down for a minute from saying God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And Peter was kept in prison. 
well was did God stop being good or was God good while he was in prison was God good when Herod took James and lopped off his head yes God was still good what happened to James he went on to be with the Lord does anybody want to die we all say we want to go to heaven but we don't really mean it ain't nobody want to die in this building and I'm telling you and I'm going to proclaim it again whether we live or whether we die we are the Lord's Say, well, I don't feel that strong connection. Hello, Jesus said, watch and pray. This is not the time to tank up on your favorite series, serials, television programs. This is the time to roll out of bed and hit the floor and pray. And Jesus said, why do you pray? So you do not enter into temptation and run down a rabbit hole where you're going to get backed into a corner, covered up in fear, caught in a pit where there is no escape, or trapped in a snare. This is the hour. Don't wait for Brother Easter to come to church. Don't wait for a revival. If you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, start praying. The Lord woke you up. Say thank you. You're welcome. So he put him in prison, four quaternions of soldiers, that's 16 soldiers, verse 5. Peter was kept in prison, and here's what the church did. They went on Prozac, Xanax, they left God, they started freaking out, they started sinning, they started doing everything they used to do when they were in the world, and the pressure was increased. Oh, but... Prayer was made. How often? Read it. Without ceasing of the church unto God for him. People were all day and all night. Somebody was in the name of Jesus. In the name of, you say, well, what do you, well, I have to go to work. And under your breath, on your way, in the name of Jesus right now. Touch Sister Marilyn. Lord, touch Brother Tim right now. God, I'm asking you, Jesus, and it hits you, and you do it again. What are you doing? I am praying without ceasing. I'm not going to go, okay, I did 60 minutes today. Man, I'm done. I'm not carrying that anymore. He said, and here we are. I, I wish I had it. I know I do somewhere. Here's our prayer request list. I said this, and I'll repeat it. You are either praying for people or you're on the list. There are only one or two places to be right now. The people we're praying for or the people who are praying but everybody's we're caught right here folks and this is the real deal I, I'm not promising you 60 years before Jesus comes I'm not promising nobody six minutes I'm telling you we have got to live every single day as if it is the last we're there now say amen, amen. absolutely so the first thing is if you're in prison and you see somebody in prison. Now, Peter, I don't think Peter was praying for himself. I think Peter was living the moment. We got a bunch of people living a moment. So he said, I want you to pray up. Everybody say, pray up. Pray up. Say, my mom and dad are sick. My husband's not well. My wife, my kids. Pray. Call their names. Say, I don't know who's on the list. Get a card. And if you know people not on the list, then write them. Write them so you don't forget they're too, I can't even remember them. But I'm like this. God has put me in a place. If I'm not praying, then I believe I'm going to be over here having someone pray for me. I'd rather be praying. 
I've already come through COVID and I tried to pray for myself and I'm going to tell you it's hard when you're sweating fever and you're out of your head and it's night and it's late and I just I tried but you know what gave me comfort? Somebody's praying for me. Sister Rogers is not even conscious right now. The Lord is saying, does a church care? Raise your hands up right now. Yes, we do in the name of Jesus. We're praying for two people that are on oxygen in the hospital and two at home in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Pray up. I want you to go to the next scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1 says, Pray without ceasing. It means you're praying under your breath all day long. Say, I can't do that. I didn't ask you to do it for five years. I just asked you to do it today. While you're driving. While you're thinking, while you're working, your mind, carry it with you. Why? Because the Bible said pray without ceasing. And my prayers, 517, 1 Thessalonians 517, my prayers are going to make a difference. You say, how do you know that? We've been praying for a man we've never met. R.C. Guerin. I had to ask Caitlin two times. What is his name? How do you say it? How do you spell it? A co-worker of hers came last week and said, I know your church prays. I'm asking you to pray for my brother on a ventilator. Caitlin sat at the dinner table tonight and said, Mom, my co-worker came to me and said, you're not going to believe this, but he started fighting the ventilator because they were giving him too much oxygen. They had to turn it down. They said, he's too strong. He's getting too much. He's getting better we're gonna have to start pulling this stuff back why because we prayed directly to the Lord and we haven't quit say I won't quit don't you dare quit you're laying up treasures don't you dare quit praying say well that's your responsibility mm-hmm till you get on the list then you better hope somebody else has got your name covered say thank you Jesus the church made prayer without ceasing. It was the church. People who said, I believe this. If we believe it, then we've got to put some action to it and proclaim it. This is bizarre. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, verse 6. Now this just blows my mind. Herod was getting ready to bring him forth. So I'm guessing... That next day, I'm telling you, God, sometimes I'm just like, Lord, really? Could you not have just given us three days of grace? Why didn't you bust him loose three days before, give him a little vacay? But no, the night before he's going to die. The same night, Peter was screaming and crying and freaking out. Now, the church is praying. He's in prison. What's a prisoner supposed to do? So let's say you wind up on the list. If you're not on the list, you're supposed to be doing what? Pray. And if you're on the list, Peter is showing us, we've got two things going on, the one in prison and the people not. The one in prison, what was he doing? He was screaming. He was saying, God, you're not real. I'm going to lose my life. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> what was he doing? Peter was sleeping between his troubles on the left and on the right. This is nuts. You don't do this unless you know 
I know you know where I am. If I live, it'll be because you brought me out. If I'll die, you're going to bring me through. You, there's no way unless you've been close that you're going to feel that kind of confidence. See, God's character is not on trial. What we believe is. You're going to have to decide what you believe in this hour. You're going to live in fear, covered up, standing away, petrified, distant. Or you're going to go, in the name of Jesus, i got to get to God. I may not be able to go to church. I'm in lockdown in my home, but I'm going to pray at my house. i got to make sure Jesus and I are good. And then I'm going to get off me, and I'm going to start praying for other people. I'm going to call out their names as if those were mine. That's a different kind of passion. But when you're in prison, you can't do that. He's the one being done to. Sister Rogers can't pray right now, folks. Marilee can't pray right now. Richard Stratton cannot pray. Arnie Gatton cannot pray. Vicki Gastino cannot pray. She can think it. She's conscious, but she can't. Peter was... Pray up. He was bound with chains, so he's got big old husky brute armed and bound... And they're on either side of him. My guess is they're chained to him. Herod was clearly worried about a jailbreak. The keepers were before the door. So they had people in the cell with him, chained to him. He was chained. Then they were chained to him. And then outside the first door, there were guys there. Then you're going to find out there was another door. And I'm going to tell you there were guys there. And then there was another door. And I'm going to tell you there were guys there. They were worried. They bound, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Now, Peter was not freaking out. And so you pray up, but if you're the one there, you rest up. Everybody says, rest up. Everybody say, rest up. Psalms 37 and 7. I want you to look what the Bible says. Rest where? in the Lord. Now I'm going to be flat-footed honest with you. I wake up just like clockwork now. Can't escape it. I have it on my phone. I go to my prayer closet and I take my phone with me and I read the word for a while and then it all starts bubbling up again because we've got a lot of loose ends on this little card. And I'm like, God, I can't carry this. I need you, Jesus. You've got to see this. You've got to help me because my anxiety, my humanity, my compassion compels me. I am compelled to ask God to turn it around for people still alive. Because where there's life, there's hope. The good, the bad, the ugly, the committed, the uncommitted, the hateful, the I'm telling you names come to me. People on the fringes, people half-heartedly believing, people who are lukewarm, people who are cold. I see them all and I'm like, God, help. And I cry and then sometimes I can't even speak. I'm so overwhelmed and I just bawl and squall. And guess what? There comes a moment when I don't have to do it anymore. It's the oddest thing. It's like somewhere in the wee hours of that morning, I know I've been heard. A presence comes into my closet, like an arm around my shoulder, and I know you heard me, Jesus. You're going to take care of it. Thank you. You know what I'm now doing? I'm not crying anymore. What's that first word? Rest. I'm resting where? In my prayer closet? No, it's not comfortable. 
I'm resting in the Lord. Now, what happens after you rest? Once you've prayed and you're resting and you're humming little songs and you're singing and then when it hits you again, you pray again. What's the next thing? To rest up, you have to rest and then do what? Start running marathons and start making plans and start getting all anxious and fretful and telling people, you need to get up and do this and do this and how come and you start nagging? No. You rest and you what? Wait. Well, God could snap his fingers and in an instant heal everybody on this list. And I'm going to tell you what. Can I tell you what would happen when this list goes? Take a wild guess. It's going to fill up again. This is just November. I can't constantly go on around screaming and crying. Part of my prayer to the Lord is, I thank you, Jesus. I know you heard. I'm resting. I'm comforting myself. I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm self-talking so I don't lose my mind while I'm waiting. I'm still praying. Now, I'm praying a prayer of faith. I pray, sometimes I pray a fervent prayer. Then I pray a thank you prayer. Then I, then I pray a victory prayer. But you know what prayer is? I wish I had it. My cell phone. Prayer is, oh God, hi, how you doing? You know what? You never hang up. It is an ongoing conversation. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I know. Why am I staying so connected to God, praying up, resting up, because my answer is in his presence. If I can keep eye contact with him, Lord, I'm not leaving you till you. I'm going to dog you. You go over here. Okay, time to sing. I'm going to sing. Okay. I'm going to church. I can't go to church, but they're having church. I'm turning it on. I'm going to sing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to Why? I ain't leaving you. I need some things, and you're the answer. And wait. What are you doing in that song service? I'm singing to keep me from fretting. I'm waiting. So I'm singing while I'm waiting. I'm working while I'm waiting. I'm sending cards and texts and phone calls. What do you do? I'm waiting on the Lord. Why aren't you freaking out? Because I know he heard me. I make sure I'm close enough so he can hear me at all times. Fret not thyself because of him. So that's a rest and a wait and don't fret. Everybody say pray up. Rest up. Now here's what's amazing. Verse 7. Now this is the 7th verse in the 12th chapter. And all of a sudden Shazam. See, I guess that church was praying for seven days. If he was in there, when they put him in prison, he went into that hospital, he went into that rehab. How long have we been praying for Steve Wickline? Since March. Actually, since before, because his son died. Remember? We've been praying for him. It's close to a year. How long have we been praying for Tim Galoni? Have we ever stopped praying for him? I haven't. Why? Because he's alive. I haven't stopped praying for both Jim Collins. Say, Sister Showstrand, are you nuts? No. I, I'm making God, I want God to look at Philip Holmes. That's all I'm going to say about that. I want God to, to touch Linda and Wally Muller. They can't get here. They're grieving parents. Do I think God can do it? Yes. I'm going to make sure he does it because I'm going to call their name in his face. You believe he'll answer? 
If, if I were, if I were, my children were calling to me and crying to me, I'd be answering, you either believe in the character of God, God is love, God is good, and God is just. Either you believe that, there's no justification to stop believing. He is not on trial, we are. What do you believe? Now, seventh verse, the angel of the Lord came on him. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't even know what that looks like. But this story is so intriguing to me. Pray up, rest up. The angel of the Lord came on him and a light shined in the prison and he slapped Peter on the side. Bam! Now, I can't see this in a movie. I cannot see. I mean, when I see an angel coming, I see, all right, and there's, and he smacked him. Get up! He pulled him up. So he hit him. Ever been hit by an angel? <laughs> I'm like, really, God? I can't believe this. He hit him. He smote him. He needed to get his attention, so he slapped him. He hit him. There was a light. The angel. So he slaps him on the side, pulls him up, and said, Get up fast. <laughs> I'm so depressed. I'm so discouraged. Get up. What? Get up. I don't want to. I'm going to die. I mean, these chains. Get up. And don't get up slow, boy. Get up quick. And when he got up, I'm going to praise the Lord any way I can. I'm going to lift my hands. Get up. I can't. I'm embarrassed. Are you a moron? When an angel slaps you and says, get up, you don't argue about your personality, your preference, or your feelings. You go, I'm in the middle of something here, and a light shine, and it's time for me to get up! And get up fast! Don't wait for a month and talk yourself through it and practice in the mirror. He said, when, you, when it's time to get up, you just get up! I can't get up in prison first. I have to have a meal. Then I have to have someone give me some soft clothes. Then I have to have Herod say he's sorry. And then, then I'll go. That angel said, boy, you get up quickly. And when he got up, what happened? <sighs> Let all God's children praise the Lord. Okay, then stay chained. Because your deliverance is already here. Why? We've been praying for you. Yes, but Sister Shostrin, I'm not in the hospital. Have you been praying for me? I can almost hear you reasoning. Of course we've been praying for you. Of course we're praying for the people of God. This is your big test. This is your moment to show what you really believe. You say, I was raised in church all my life. Good for you. What are you going to do about it now? I'm happy for you. You have a heritage over 150 years. Great. You were a Sunday school genius. Awesome. You studied the Bible and you can quote verses. Magnificent. But until you are ready to say, I believe God is good and just and faithful. And when he says, get up, I'm with him. Oh, lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to be quiet.
quick about it. I'm going to get up and those chains are going to fall. Hallelujah, Isaiah said. And we're here right now. Say, Sister Showstrand, how can you tell me stuff like that? Isaiah 61 said, get up and shine thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen on thee. Go to that next verse. Darkness shall cover the earth. Psalm 6, Isaiah 60 and verse 2, Brother David, not 61. He said, darkness shall cover the earth. Pandemic. Everywhere. People are depressed. They cannot see their way out of this. America doesn't have the answer. Europe doesn't have the answer. I'm telling you we have been stripped to the bone and the people of God have to stand up and proclaim Jesus is the answer and unless you've been fighting your fear, unless you've gone through the sifting, say I don't know what that sermon is and you better ask pastor. He told us there are seven things that happen to us when we get sifted to test our faith and Jesus said I prayed for you not that your Bible knowledge would sustain you. He didn't say I'm praying for you that you'll speak in tongues. I'm praying for you that you'll have revival, that you'll get a job, that you'll get an apartment, a house, a husband, a wife. He said I am praying for you when the test comes that your faith won't fail you. Is God greater than COVID? Is he greater than cancer? Is he greater than a presidential election? Is he greater than persecution? My Bible says nothing can separate us from his love. And finally, Peter got the message and he got up quickly. And as soon as he did, his chains fell off. And I'm telling you right now, you need to lay aside your depression and make your confession to God. You need to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. If you are depressed, it's time to fight it's time to pray up it's time to rest up and it's time to get up lift your hands right now Lord Lord lift us up where we belong thank you Jesus get up he said darkness is going to cover the entire planet and then even a thicker darkness is going to cover people they are going to be so oppressed and depressed. I heard what, I've heard several reports about what President-elect Biden has said he's getting ready to do to this nation and what Governor DeWine is getting ready to do to this nation. And the next thing is going to be can't meet in church. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's why I want your phone number and I want your, we, we're going to stay connected. I'm telling you right now, but if you're not connected to God, your connection to me will not hold you. Unless you want to do this by yourself. Isolation and distancing does not work from the church. Say, well, I haven't been to church in months, but you can still feel God in your house if you're praying and reading your Bible and logging on. You say, I can't get it till it's late. Then get it late. Have church by yourself. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. You better learn. You better learn fast. Get your cell phone. God, it's been a long time since I really talked to you and prayed through myself. I got a bunch of junk in the trunk and I need to get rid of it. You, we've got to do it. Jesus said, watch and pray. He said, but the Lord. He said, it's going to be the earth and all the people except for you. Because you're going to come through it. 
Somebody's going to come through it. Some of us may go home. That's awesome. They're going to rest. The Lord has said, you've had enough. That's okay. I can accept that. But others of us, he's going to leave here and he's say, I'm going to take you in it, through it, and out of it so you can turn around and make a difference. Let's thank the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We bless you. Verse 8. And the angel spoke to him, and he said, Gird yourself. Well, I, I've been in prison for seven days. and Aren't you going to dress me? No, I ain't doing that for you, buddy. You got clothes? Put your clothes on. He said, Gird yourself. And then he said, put on your shoes. Well, I want help. I ain't giving it to you. I'm standing here telling you what to do. You're going to have to do it. Now, you're either going to argue with him. Do you mean now? Do you want me to do the left one first? The right one? Or you just go, I got to do something. I have got to do something. I have got to put, I've got to walk differently. I cannot keep talking negative mess because I know the Bible said, put on your shoes the preparation of the gospel of peace. All I eat is Fox, MSNBC, NPR, CNN, and what I eat is coming out of my mouth. It's not good news. He said, the only way you're going to get through this hour is to put your sandals on. The pastor said, it's a very simple sermon. He's just a quiet, gentle man. Proclaim the word. And he's yelling as loud as he can yell. Proclaim the word! And people are like, he just doesn't understand. I'm like, if you don't open your mouth and start telling how good God is, you're going down. You're going to stay in that prison. I'm not talking about these folks. I'm talking about us. Don't you know the devil is sending all this mess to keep us quiet? So that we'll just let people die in the hospital. And then he'll go, see there, God didn't answer. Did you pray? No, but I expected him to do it. But I didn't talk to him and tell him nothing. The Lord listens to people talk to him. And we're going to have to start some talking. Say, I'm talking, Jesus. You, we're going to have to talk. He's not going to do it without us. He's just not going to we'll just wave a magic wand. He's going to say, these people are going to have to get fervent about what they want. I can't answer requests that aren't given. That didn't make sense. I don't even know what my children want until they go, Mama, and then I'm, yes. And my grandchildren, Jana. They're, they're getting ready to ask me something, but they don't expect me to read their minds. He said, pray up, rest up, get up, and then gird up. He said, gird yourself, bind your sandals, and put your garment around you. I want you to go to Isaiah 61.3. To appoint to them that mourn in Zion. That means there are some of us going through some loss. I don't want you to think that God is an antidote to pain and you use him to escape. I want you to understand that God wants to heal us through mourning, not prevent us from mourning. He said, I am going to give the people that are mourning the loss of their life, the loss of their job, the loss of their spouses, maybe the actual losses of people they love. He said, I'm going to give, you're still in me and I see you bawling and squalling. He said, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. What's ashes is when it's been burnt to the ground. He said, I'm, I'm still walking with the Lord, but I'm suffering. There are people in our congregation suffering. 
Yeah, we haven't had a COVID death that I know of. But it doesn't change that for them. They're not going, oh, yeah, well, it wasn't COVID, so I don't feel the loss. Of course they feel the loss. But the Lord said, would you stay with me? I'm going to turn the ash of the loss. I'm going to do, I will give you beauty. Sister Carol Phillips has the most amazing testimony and grace on her. It has just been the most beautiful thing. And Bev Clark, I, I, I'm just astonished. Sister Carol will say, well, the Lord knew what he was doing. This is the way it needed to be. My husband would not have wanted to have been in a nursing home in a vegetative state. He's better where he is. Now, do I think she's probably shed some tears? Yes, but you know what's happening? Ash is becoming beautiful. Who would have thought? that such graceful, glorious words could flow out of loss because those that mourn in Zion get beauty for ashes. And guess what they get? The oil of joy for mourning. You don't get that by trying to run from God but running to Him. Lord, anoint me with joy. And you know what joy I have? I believe we're going to see a victory. I believe I'm going to be reunited with Brother Ken Phillips, Brother Dale Greathouse, Brother David Glover, and David Mahler, and Brother Chuck Ulrich. You've got to be kidding. Nope, I'm not. Why? Because God is good, God is just, God is righteous. He's faithful. It's not about me, it's about Him. He's doing something awesome. Lift your hands right now and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. You're doing something for us, for me. I don't like the trial of my faith, but I'm going to come out of this. Say, I'm coming out. I didn't say that. The Word said it. He said, I want to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When He told Peter, get up, He said, I want you to gird up. He, he strapped some kind of a belt around him. And I want you to look to Romans uh, 13 and 12. The night is far spent, the days it had. Cast off the works of darkness. Cut it out. Quit talking dark. Stop it. Gird up. That means tighten it up. Quit falling apart. Well, I can't help it. Do you believe in God? Do you believe he raised Jesus from the dead? Do you believe Lazarus came back or not? What do you believe? His character's not on trial. Your faith is. My faith is. You have to proclaim, God, I still believe you. He said, cast off the works of darkness. Put on armor. Armor? Yes, you're in a battle. Your enemy's going to keep taking pot shots at you. He's going to blame God for your house, your home, your health. You're going to have to arm up and say, that's not true, buddy. I'm not even talking to you. I'm girding up the loins of my mind. 1 Peter 1 and 13. Gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. You cannot let your head run away with you. Shut it down. Stop thinking that mess. It's not from God. Hope to the end. Is there going to be an end? There most certainly is to me and us. Whether I'm going by the grave or I'm going up from the trumpet. Everybody in a box and everybody alive. When the trumpet sounds, the box people go first and everybody else comes. There's no other exit plan from this planet. He said, hope for the end to the grace 
unmerited favor. Oh, hallelujah. Gird up. Quit Let your mind run away with you. Then the last thing the angel said was, follow me. Well, I'm not sure if I believe that. My God in heaven. That's what the problem is right now. You either get all in or you're going to get all out. He said, follow me. Well, this is not how I wanted my deliverance to come. Peter didn't open his mouth. I don't see anywhere in this story of Acts 12 that Peter had a discussion with the angel. He just got up and he started doing what he was told to do when he was told to do it. Follow me. Next verse. Cast your garment and follow me. Jesus said to his followers, if you're coming after me, deny yourself. Do not give in to what you think, you feel, and you say. Get a hold of your thoughts. Tamp down those emotions. You know they're wrong. Even if you get a cussing, bless those that curse you. We know what to do, folks. Say, we know. Yes, we do. We do know. He said, deny yourself, take up your cross, that means it's a heaviness. This is a cross right now, I don't like it. I don't like waking up at 3, 4, and 5 in the morning. I don't. I hate it. I would like the days when I could just sleep. I could sleep 12 hours at a time when I was a kid. I couldn't tell you when the last time is I did that. Unless I'm delirious or sick. There's a cross. I can't just close my eyes to what's going on around and bury myself in an escape. That's the sifting thing. So I'm going to have to turn around and pray till it lifts and I feel comfort. That's my faith. He said, follow me. I want you to look at the life of Jesus. Everywhere you look, that man was praying. Praying in the morning, praying in the evening, sometimes praying all night long. That's why he fell asleep during the day because he was up all night. Who knew? He said, I want you to do what I'm doing. There are some needs. You got some needs. Your family's got needs. You take up your cross and don't you abdicate it. Don't say, well, the church will do it. You are the church. You get on your knees and if your family's name is not here and you know stuff's going on, don't you dare shut your mouth. You get that prayer chain open. God, hear my prayer. This is the time. This is the hour. I can't tell you with any more urgency. And it's straight up on the hour and I'm getting close to my end. Then I want you to look at this. Verse 10 of Acts 12. So Peter did all the things he was told to do. He just kept following the voice of that angel. And that angel was giving him commands. He wasn't saying, what do you think about this? He said, do, 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 do. And Peter's deliverance was in the doing. The angel appeared because the church was praying. But I'm going to tell you, we can pray our guts out. But if people aren't obedient to what they hear, you can forget about deliverance. This is a two-part deal, folks. People in prison have got to rest and wait on the Lord. And people who aren't in prison have to pray without ceasing. There's an agreement there. I'm in chains and I'm trusting God. And I'm not in chains and I'm praying my guts out for you. And then the angel shows up. So there's the third thing. To uh, agree, the people who are hurting and the people who are praying. And then God sends a supernatural moment. But even in a supernatural moment, the people trying to get delivered have to do what they're told. You cannot argue with the way God wants to deliver you. Well, I want it. Then you're not going to be delivered. 
and then look at the result. Now the church is still praying, folks. They don't know the angel is there. They haven't stopped. Well, why didn't the Lord tell them? Because they needed to keep praying because it wasn't over yet. Why? Well, they had to go past the first door. And there were soldiers there. And they had to go past the second obstacle. And then they had to go to an iron gate that got in the city. And I think that gate was shut against them. I don't think that was a prison gate. I think that was a city gate that they shut at night. So nobody could get in and do harm. And that gate opened of its own accord. The Lord said, I have set before you an open door that no man can shut and no man can open. Oh God, let us do what we're supposed to do on either side. Whether in prison or in prayer. So you can deliver us. Lift your hands right now. Oh Jesus, help us Lord in your name. They went out and passed on through one street. The angel took him out of three wards, woke him up, dressed him up, spoke him up, walked him through two wards and an iron gate and got him to a street and left him standing there in the dark. God's not going to walk this out for us. We're going to have to do it on our own. He will deliver us so far, and then he's going to say, your legs and your faith are going to have to take you the rest of the way. I'm not doing it for you. I've given you this much. Run with it. Oh, God, I want to run with it. I keep hearing words coming from my pastor. Seven steps of sifting. Four things of faith. Faint not, fret not, fear not, forget not. I, he's telling us. What more do we need? Proclaim the word. And, and you say, I'm depressed. Are you doing that? Are you listening? Did you get it? Did you practice it? You can't hear the voice of the angel and not do something. Raise your hands and say, help me, Lord. Open my ears. Open my eyes. Open my mind. This is the hour. Hallelujah. The angel departed. Matthew 28 and 20. The angel left him, but God didn't. Jesus said, I'm, I want you to teach them to, to observe everything I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you. That angelic visitor left Peter, but the Lord did not. If we have a supernatural moment, you have an amazing epiphany. And God does an amazing thing in your life. And you're like, man, I wish I could just go back to that night when I just felt it and saw it. And it was awesome. And it was... That only lasts till the moment of deliverance. It's the walking out that kills us. i got to walk it out. I've got to figure out what to do. And I'm telling you, the Lord said, I won't leave you. Peter was delivered and dazed. I want you to go to verse 11. I'm going to tell you how I know he was dazed. Acts 12, 11. When Peter came to himself. So you know what he was doing? He was walking around in fog. Uh, get up. Okay. Put your clothes on. Oh, shoes. He wouldn't. Ta-da! I've been expecting this. He was a human like us. And a sleepy angel. Get up. Get dressed. Okay. Change. Oh, there go. Follow me. First door. Okay. Second door. What are you doing? I'm not doing anything but just following. 
I'm not doing any heavy lifting. I'm not fighting soldiers. I'm not fighting Herod. I'm, not fi I'm just following my deliverer. I'm just following. Here I go. Uh -huh. Iron gate opens. Get out in the street. Where am I? You'd think that when you're delivered, you'd go, ta-da, I know everything now. Nope. Where am I? When he came to himself, he said, I didn't have to give him his testimony. You know how you know you're delivered? You don't need me to tell you. Guess what God did for you? Let me put some words in your mouth. You are going to say, I know that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod. He didn't say it till the angel was gone. You would think that you'd need the angel by you to give you the ta-da. But it, no. He said, he came to himself and he said, Oh God, you just delivered me from death. God, you delivered me. I, I, I got to go somewhere because I can't stand here in the street in the middle of the night. I, I, where am I going to go? I, uh, this is amazing. I'm out of prison, but I can't just stumble around. I got to go somewhere. I'm delivered and dazed, and now I've got to get some direction. Now, where am I going to go get direction? I'll go to my drinking buddies. Wait, I'll go to my Friday night party buddies. Wait, I'm delivered. He made his way. Go to the next verse, 13. Peter made verse 12. When he considered the thing, he considered. He said, where am I going to go? I'm delivered. He came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was Mark where they were not partying they were not having a video night they were not doing popcorn and chips and coke they were praying when you get delivered you better be very careful who you align yourself with Peter said I need to go to some people who've been crying out to God I know I need some direction I can't do this on my own and he went there and all those people were praying their guts out oh God deliver him oh God strengthen him he was already delivered he was already strengthened but he had to connect with the people that brought him deliverance I'm telling you you can't use the church and lose the church if God sets you free through somebody's prayer you owe it You don't dare float around in the street at this hour. You better find a house where people are praying. You get to the believers. Verse 13. He knew where he said, I know how those people pray. And I know them. The Bible says, know those that labor are among you. You don't go to a stranger's house when you've come out of prison and out of hell and out of struggle. You go to a place. I want to commend Jessica Woolard. She said, my grandma went to church here. I'm getting back to that church. It's time. I don't know her story. I just know. I knew her grandmother for a little while before the Lord took her home. And then Jessica walks in this church and she said to me, I needed to get back you know why because an angel struck her and said get up get back to the people that pray they're not pretty and they may not be on Herod's uh, cabinet but they moved me to deliver you oh lift your hands and let's praise the Lord again I hope you're hearing it pray up rest up wait up gird up get up follow and keep knocking. Verse 
verse 13, and as he knocked at the gate, I said, this was a hyphen. <laughs> she was texting. We're still at this prayer meeting. These people won't quit praying. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I got work tomorrow. But you know what? I believe God's going to do something for Peter. Everybody else was praying, but Rhoda heard something at the door. So she went to the door, and there's this sound. You say, well, I'm delivered. I, no one will help me. My God in heaven, if the Lord delivered you, you get to the house of prayer, and you keep knocking till somebody hears you. Jesus said, you're not done once you're out of the prison, once the chains are gone. You've got to get there and keep... Peter had an obstacle. The church was praying. They were praying for his miracle. He had it, but they didn't know it. And they couldn't hear him. And he just kept on knocking. You know what? If God's done something for you and you feel an obstacle, keep knocking. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Knocked at the door. And here she comes. Verse 14. Now he starts hollering. You know how I know? When she knew Peter's voice. Because he didn't just stand there and knock. He said, hey, it's Peter. Let me in. Lord, you've done something for me. Open the door to me. My people are behind that door. I'm asking you, let me in. Let me in. And she knew his voice. And forgot to open the gate. She got so excited. That's me right there when I was a hyphen. 22. <gasps> oh, y'all, the Lord has answered our prayer. And she ran back to everybody and told the good news. Peter's out there. And you know what they said to her? They had so much faith. They had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And you know what they said? You are insane. There's no way he's at the gate because... I have a view of how God needs to deliver people, and that ain't it. Could miss your miracle with that mindset. They said, you're nuts. These are real people. And she said, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, he's at the door. He is knocking, and it's him. And they said, it's his angel. And he is standing there desperate. Let me in. Let me in. I'm still in danger. I'm on the street. Somebody's going to hear me. Let me in. Open the door, church. Let me come in. I've had a deliverance. Don't think I'm crazy. I'm mad. He continued doing what? Read it. Somebody yell it. He kept on knocking. Jesus said, when I come, I'm going to find people that are going to keep knocking, praying, that are going to follow, that are going to get up, that are going to gird up, that are going to fess up. Am I going to find anybody or is everybody just going to be, it's all over. I'm just depressed. I'm, I'm telling you, if you want to be that way, don't come around me. Because I'm hearing, I'm, come on, Jesus, let's do it. He said, you're not in the hospital. I'm praying for everybody that is. Um, you don't have cancer. No, I don't. I know some folks who do. Jesus in your name. I'm not going to quit. They opened the door and when they saw him, what were they? Well, we really didn't expect you to come off the ventilator. Didn't know the Lord could heal you from prostate cancer. They were astonished. Verse 17. He said, everybody shut up. I got to tell you what the Lord has done for me. Well, I want to keep that quiet. I'm shy. Right. Well, evidently you hadn't been through enough. 
Because after you come through something like this, and God has delivered you, you're like, I've got to tell somebody. Just can't keep it to myself. God has been so good to me. He said, the Lord brought me out. Go tell everybody. And then he left and said, I've got to go someplace else. I've got to keep living. I've got to keep walking. Would you stand? Our last verse, Acts 1 and 8. I want you to read it with me together. I want you to lift your voices. We're going to proclaim this word. This is what the scripture says. But, are you ready? Let's go. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If God has done anything for us, we, he said, I don't have to be the one to deliver that testimony. You can go tell my testimony. Go tell everybody what God did for me. Hallelujah. Raise your hands again and let's thank the Lord. Oh God, we have heard you're on the war path and you're delivering. We want to pray up. Rest up. Get up. Gird up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And trust you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. father of faith Abraham had a question about God's integrity and put God to the test when the angels told him that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and God gave Abraham that warning and Abraham said I wonder if God if you're justified basically what if there's 50 then 45 then 40 and 30 remember and finally he said well what if there's 10 and the Lord said alright go look what was he basically saying Abraham you can question my character all you want the integrity of God he has never done anything that is not just and righteous I'm glad that's the God that I serve aren't you Let's thank him for his word. Lord, we love you.